Hello and welcome to the second episode of Witlit, the Funny Books podcast. Each episode I talk to comedians, writers and or publishers about their favourite witty literature. And in this episode, I'm talking to the delightful playwright Billy Collins about modern theatre. How funny it is, how important it is, but how it isn't filled with quite enough lesbians. Please forgive the occasional sounds of aeroplanes, or what I think I've deduced is our parasol hitting the side of the chair. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. F- for some reason, I thought that recording outside in, in London was a great idea. Um, on with the show. Wow, are we ready? I'm ready. Wow, we're Let's go. just going to chat. How exciting. So your professional little bio, <laughs> which is so cool. Yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Oh, God, please don't. Because it's such a long list of accolades. Mm. I'm just going to do the first bit. But basically, Billy is a playwright and screenwriter from Merseyside, currently on attachment with Box of Tricks Theatre as part of their 2019 to 2020 Playbox cycle. She has trained with the Royal Exchange Theatre's Young Writing Programme, the BFI Screenwriting Academy, and the National Youth Theatre. She's blah, 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 blah. Very impressive. So, do you think think plays are funny? I would say on, like, net funny, yeah. I would say... (laughs) Ultimately, they are. I think, as well, I think, um, it's not that I, like, actively, like, seek out stuff that is funny. I reckon I kind of just, like, if something doesn't have at least a joke in it, then I kind of, I'm a bit like, what, what's what been the point of this? That you is, I mean? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because something that I feel like this, this kind of whole podcast came out of the thought of, like, comedy being viewed as, like, not as important or serious as mm. as sort of tragedy or whatever we might think of the opposite of comedy as. And I love the thought that, like, if something hasn't had a joke in, then what was the point? I completely agree. It feeling like... I just don't think it's, it's very accurate to, to how life is and how yes. people are, yes. I think. Um, and anything that tries to take itself too seriously. No, like going to the theater is like such a big ask. Like people have to, like, this is the thing, it's yeah, like people yeah. have to buy a ticket and they're really expensive depending on where you go in. Yeah. And then like, you know, go out for dinner, get a babysitter or whatever else. Like you're, you're putting so much effort into getting people to come and actually watch your show. Like yes. at least give them something to smile about at some point. Cause otherwise <laughs> like that is an evening gone. They're never gonna get back. Like quite often I think humor disarms and that's, where its value is for me. Mm. I reckon like if you can get somebody to laugh suddenly their guards down for a second and then you're like, oh, now I'm thinking about something. You know, it's kind of like, I was drawn in with the joke and now, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I re- and especially in theater because it's such like, cause it's, it was like a live experience um, <laughs> which you share with other people you don't know. Yes. And um, there is something really rewarding and to sound like a wanker, very human about laughing as a group. Yes. Um, and, I think, yeah, I think it's really valuable. How do you think that experience changes if you're reading a play as opposed to seeing it live? Do you ever, do you ever just read play scripts oh, without yeah. intending to see them or like with, yeah. Yeah, so, I, so when I like started getting into like playwriting and stuff, I was going to like weekly workshops with um, the Royal Exchange Young Writers Group and they would give us a play script to read every week. Mm, um, so it was loads of stuff that I was never going to see, but they yeah. were just trying to like, you know, the, the message was read as much as you can. Mm. Um, 
And I think you you pick up on obviously structural stuff and thematic and formal stuff in the same way that it's like if you're reading yeah. a book, analysing a book, whatever. Um, but I think you know it, it's the point of a play is that you, you see it on stage, um, and that's ideally like when you're writing a play, you're like at some point this needs to have an audience for mm. it to feel mm. like not complete, but like um, like it's kind of starting to fulfil its its destiny. Mm. As a text. Um, <laughs> it sounds such an asshole. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. come on, it's theatre. It's theatre. Might as well. <laughs> like, have you ever read a play and laughed out loud? Probably, yeah. I Because, I, I mean, I read Fleabag before. Mm. Like, before it was on television. We happen to have there a copy go, of yeah. Fleabag here. I which did. is, like, the only play that I have on my bookshelf. What I like about reading plays is the stage directions. Yeah. Which just feel like reading a little in-joke. Like, the audience are never going to know what you've written in that stage direction. It's just kind of between the playwright and the director and the actor. And I just find them so tongue-in-cheek and lovely. And I think I find them funnier often than the dialogue. Yeah. Um, there's this bit uh, which, which is in the TV show, so I feel like we all kind of will yeah. imagine yeah, Phoebe yeah. Waller-Bridge doing it. But the bit where um, she is like sending explicit images from the loo to her like ex and everything but this is the stage direction um mimes unbuttoning her top bored takes pictures of her breasts stands up mimes hitching up her skirt pulling aside her knickers takes pictures of her vagina bored mimes buttoning up flicks through the photos bored chooses one send puts phone away beep beep takes phone out bored you know it's just like Obviously, there is a reason for describing it like that to literally be a stage direction for the actor and for the director. But like, you don't have to describe yeah. it in such a fun, like in such like fun and funny it's way. Like, yeah, and it's a joy of reading it itself. Stage directions are—it's it's like a trend thing as well. I mean, like I always used to like really hate Arthur Miller because of his stage directions, which is like a really—it's like I hate Arthur Miller. Because <laughs> stage we did this thing like this, and it was—it was. I guess it's like a thing of the time is mm. like all these like parentheticals like before a line it'll be like abruptly no and I'm like how else are you gonna say abruptly like what actor is sat there going okay thanks for the direction there Arthur that's really yes funny. yes um, whereas now I think more stuff that I've read has been a lot more like that a lot more kind of suggestive mm. and almost and like in jokes I think mm. there's a um and so I think when you're reading something obviously there's 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 just I get a lot of like joy out of thinking, how do they do that? I mean, like, there's a bit in um, a play called Cannibals by Rory Malarkey where there's a stage where um, he eats his arm, he eats his other arm, he eats his legs, he disappears. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> I love just the audacity of like Rory Malarkey yes. sat there and going, do you know what's going to happen next? <laughs> Director's I going, bet you, oh, fuck I bet you can't guess, I bet you can't that. guess. <laughs> it's great. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's that kind of like cheekiness and playfulness yes. that you can... You can write into a play that you can't do in the same way with like a novel or, or yes. a poem or whatever. But it's also, I think it's a bit of a dare, isn't mm. it? You know, like a, go on then director, Mostly. like show me how you're going to do this then. Yeah, Simon Armitage said at one point about, um, I think it was a play he wrote called Eclipse where he was saying he calls it a director's problem. Like a hashtag VP. <laughs> that you write something and you're like, that's, that's for you. It's so, uh, <laughs> not my responsibility, it's evocative, you know, I deal with it. It's so fun. And is that something that you enjoy doing like when you're writing? Um, so increasingly I like having fun with them. And I think if it's striking a balance between mm. being helpful to, I think that's the, you're like why you're there as a playwright is to be helpful to the director and helpful to the actors I was trying to work out what the right stage direction was and just landed on Fiona doesn't know who Frank O'Hara is 
which I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to write like she looks confused because I was like, what is, you know? Yes, it's just, yes, yes, some, yes. It's a very specific kind of yes. confusion. It's like I have no idea what you're on about, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know who Frank O'Hara is. He's a poet, and he was hit by a jeep. There we go. There you go. Have, do you have like when I say funny play? Yeah. What do you? What comes to mind? Oh, loads. Um, I really so I last year's fringe I was very much on a kick for like one person shows yes um, which are often very funny yes um, I saw a play called Sugar Baby by Alan Harris um, which was a one man play about a small town drug dealer in Cardiff um, who owns a loan a loan shark a load of money and it was just like just really fun and playful mm. and there's this thing where like there's like a, a stone statue of a seal. Um, in his like local park and it comes on this adventure with him like it comes to life and he's suddenly got this little seal mate and it's just like it was just brilliant and perfect um so that's a good one can recommend the one i always think of tom wells um who is a playwright from hull um and a lot of his plays are about young gay men in hull and they're all like some people think they're a bit twee but i think they're just wonderful like they're and they're always so funny um so i've got like i have a little extract from one if that's oh my god helpful. i love it uh, yeah so this is from um a one woman play of his called space wang already a great title amazing um and the character is a 14 year old girl who is bunking off school shoplifting is a piece of piss you just well, you basically just nick it. And the security man goes, what you're doing? And you have to say really loud, no, Carl, or whatever his badge says. And if there's any old ladies nearby or nuns and that, and there always is, they look over and Carl gets well confused. Starts steering you to his little office, and you hang on to you just at the doorway. And then he shouts, because I don't want to show you my fanny again. And he panics and you just run off. So you get quite a lot of vodka, really. It's no trouble. And actually, I'm quite good mates with Carl now. He gives me this little nod near exotic fruits, and then in about five minutes, he's out back on his break. And we get pissed between the wheelie bins. And I did show him a fanny in the end, but... Well, just to say thanks, but he wasn't fussed. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got this, like, he's really yeah, good at, like, yeah. like, character voice and little observational things. Like, yeah. there's just wonderful sort of everyday things that you kind of, like... And I, th- I feel like people are generally quite ridiculous, and, and the more you, like, listen to them and observe them, you're yes. like, actually, that's, that is hilarious. And I love, yeah, I love that. Something that I really enjoy is, like specificity yes like bizarre absurd details and like exotic fruits there you're just like that's just just so it just brings it to life so much yeah i I feel like funny dialogue is presumably quite central do you Mm. think to like playwriting yeah i think like in a basic scene you've got two people and one person wants something the other person wants something else and like they usually (laughs) want something from each other and that's kind of like that's just dramatic craft and any humour should be geared towards those objectives. And I think if, for me personally, always focusing on the objective lets that stuff come out. And sometimes it depends on you know who your characters are and they might use humour quite a lot as a tactic to get what they want. Um, there's a bit in Sugar Baby where he's sort of talking to this girl he really fancies and um, he talks about himself as, as being like an armadillo. <laughs> and he says he's really like you know he's like tough on the outside soft on the inside and then like you forget about it and then sort of like about like four scenes later he just stops and goes I might have said armadildo and it's just like <laughs> the best little kind of like you don't it takes you completely off guard yeah, it's so yeah, natural yeah. because it's yeah. kind of that that sort of thing that does just occur to you suddenly like something that I love on stage and I think Tom Wells does in loads of his plays is people that you just really want to do well like I think I, don't, I feel like there's a, I mean, there's a lot, like, irony is very cool, mm. but I, 
I'm a massive fan of like earnestness and sincerity and like if I can see someone trying their best and I really want to like get on board with them um like there's a in there's a play called Anatomy of a Suicide which sounds really depressing and it is quite depressing <laughs> for a lot of it but there's a scene in that where um it's two women um again who are it's like a, they're usually weirdly romantic scenes often but um this woman shows up at another woman's door to try and like ask her out and um shows up with a fish that she's caught <laughs> and is like trying to like give this other woman her fish but like it's just you can tell all that there's just a wonderful subtextual layer of all the thought that's gone into yes. this and she's clearly planned it out and it's all been perfect and she's obviously going to go yes thank you for the fish let's cook together oh, with this fish gosh. um but in, you can see in that moment just the absurdity of the idea <laughs> and it's just it's it's class it's it's brilliant writing um yeah whenever someone says like physical comedy I guess I think of like slapstick, yeah, which is something that personally I don't find very funny. It just never really quite hit. You're like, do you yeah. do you like like fail videos? Oh, like people like like falling off things. I mean, I think it's always gonna be funny in a way. <laughs> See, this is it just <laughs> doesn't register with me. Really, it really, uh, and I think there's something be, wrong with me. I, I think need if to you watch those videos though. It doesn't because it's like it was when I was coming back from Edinburgh. I was yes. at the station, and there was a you know they have like videos that are like um, just like public service information videos. Yeah, and they'll be like about um, you know don't leave your bags unattended stuff like yes, seeing a yes. thing like let people know. And there was one that was about not taking luggage on escalators, and it said don't take your luggage on an escalator. And then it would show you a video from CCTV <laughs> of this guy. Um, like he tries to take all these bags and it's like a genuine this is easy thing and he like takes all his stuff on and just like flips he just oh my god incredible and then like you can see like this other guy like this like station attendant rushes in to help him out but he's he's just he's just going up the escalator <gasps> oh. and it's hilarious and i was sat pissing myself in the station <laughs> like i'm fully not put off not taking my bags yeah. off just now because i want that to happen you want that joy ride that, literally it was great <laughs> one of my favorite things is mm. when you write a scene and you hand it over to an actor and they'll say a line and you'll be like I didn't realize that was funny but I love that it is and yes. like now it's just certain things that are crafted into scenes that are very consciously crafted into scenes yes. like I think incongruity is is one of my favorite things to use as like a comic device in um uh, a play called Pomona by Alistair McDowell, like very popular play very well crafted play um like for structure it's like I don't get how it happened. I just feel like it's, it must have some kind of like divine intervention. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a scene in that which I absolutely love, um, and it's a character, two characters um, who are like security guards, and one of them is really—it's a very sort of like double acty thing. One of them is very like stern and serious, and the other mm. one's like very young and sort of playful. And the young playful one is trying to pass the time, really bored, and he starts talking about how he has this urge to um, ejaculate all over everything. All over, like absolutely everything and it's this kind of like on paper that sounds disgusting yeah. it sounds like this is horrible but the incongruity is that it's the most endearing thing when it comes from this character because you've been you've been sort of led to like him so much yes. and um you see him as this sort of like it's a very cruel world this play and he's a complete innocent who just sort of well complete but like just is very sweet and is sort of untouched by all these horrible things that are going around. So even though what he's saying is that like, I want to come all over this city, <laughs> what you're hearing is, I'm just, I just really like people. And I kind of want to like, I just want to kind of engage.
engage with people and like sort of heal them in a way. Um, and then and then it's got this great like bathos at the end where he just like there's a pause and he just sort of goes, yeah, I reckon Freud would probably have something to say about it. And it's completely so like understated to yes. this entire like master plan he's set out. And he's gone, it's not a sex thing. And he's just like, it's just yeah, it's a great bit of characterizing, but the whole the reason it's funny is because of all the craft that's gone before. Yes. Um, and and how much we've come to love this character and understand the relationship between him and this other guy so it's there's a lot of thought and craft that goes into it it's not just like a joke has been written and it's not just Mm. that like comedy's funny Mm. in and of its Mm. I don't don't know but it's just you know it's not like it's Mm. kind of just because it's a bit rude or a bit crude that it's funny it's it's the sort of like love that you you have for this guy yeah there's there's this thing isn't there of like a character can't say a joke. If a character says a joke, they have to know they're saying a joke. Yeah. It has to be like within the world, they are deliberately yeah. saying a joke. Ah, oh, I don't know. There's there, something that I love about just like, I mean, this is going to sound so basic, but what's so fun about, about plays and fiction generally is being able to create these characters and scenarios that would never be able to happen in real life or even if they did, it doesn't matter, like creating these contexts so that you can have these 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 jokes that wouldn't be funny in any yeah. other context. Yeah, like yeah. those jokes will only ever work in that play because of those things, of because it's just those characters yeah. and those things saying that thing and then it's hilarious. Yeah. It's just one of the greatest joys of like, it's, it's that intellectual yeah. challenge of it as well. It's like the puzzle fitting into place and you being like, I get it. I it's, get it, it now. Just, yeah, it's, 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 well, it's like, I don't know, I think, I think it is about emotional attachment and it is, mm. that's, for, for me, it's about investing in, in people and, and, and I, I like to write characters who you want to see do well, which, is, you know, not everyone does and they're not always the most interesting characters and everybody loves bad guys and stuff, but I think <laughs> there is something lovely about those people because often they don't realise they're being funny or they are surprising in the way that they are funny. Yes. And I think it happens in real life as well. This <laughs> is a slightly like morbid story. Um, but a um, relative of mine, like a uh, much older relative, um, was literally on her deathbed and everything seems like bad. Like she'd had her yes. leg lopped off because she had gangrene. Oh she was God. like, everything was terrible. Um, and she just... We go up to her, we're like, oh, you know, how, how are you doing today? And this was like a few days before the, the end. Um, and she just goes, I want a fucking whiskey and a fucking fag and I can't fucking have fucking either. And it was like, <laughs> it was so, and it was true, it was honest. It was like, that, that's what, how she was doing that day. But yeah. like, you know, when you're like, this is such a solemn, I think it's funerals as well. It's such a solemn situation. Yes. that Anything can, like a little bit of light comes in and it's suddenly like, you know everything about this woman that I know and everything yes. that like it just it just sort of came together in a wonderful moment of like brilliant humanity that was yes. just hilarious and it yes. was and suddenly everyone was like a little bit I don't know there was just a moment of kind of happiness that was you know in this terrible terrible day that was just like oh okay <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> and I think you're so right about um irony being very cool <laughs> and sort of um I think irony, as someone who I think uh, resorts to irony about 90% of the time, I think that irony is probably one of the lowest forms of humour, isn't it? It's one of the easiest. I, I find it harder. I really? I don't know if that's just, Maybe I don't it's know. just natural inclination then. I think it might be. I think I'm not cool <laughs> enough. I don't think I can carry it I really off. don't think I'm cool enough, but I really try so hard. I really I just, do. Can you think of earnest, funny characters? 
Uh, one of you the love? shows that I saw at the Fringe that I've been waiting to see last year, but it clashed and got sick this year, um, was a show called Square Go, which was absolutely wonderful. It was a two-hander, um, these two blokes playing like 13, 14-year-old boys, and one of them has managed to piss off like the biggest bully in school, and he's preparing for, like it's called a Square Go, it's like a playground fight. Um, so the whole play is, is him waiting to have this fight, but they do it... So kind, their their portrayals of these thirteen year old boys are so like pinpoint accurate, and mm. not in a kind of like in betweeners way, but in mm, a kind of like mm. one of them spends the entire time like sucking this like strawberry lace, and they have just the, the, the ob- it's that observation and the kind of world building again. Like there's um they they're talking about how people get landed with nicknames <laughs> at this school, and they talk about if you're called Morag, you get called Mo, and um, they say um. We already had one Mo Malone, and we couldn't have another Mo Malone. We couldn't have a Mo Malone too, so we called him Macaulay Culkin, which is just like—it's <laughs> just—it's observational, and I've ruined it by like explaining it. But like, it's that kind of um, that sort of genius that feels like it could only come from like a thirteen-year-old yes, boy. Yes, and it's—it's it's that the way it was delivered was such to say like, well, obviously that's what yeah, it yeah. It wasn't like we're trying to be funny with this. It's like that was just the straightforward logic of you know he yes. that is now what he will be called for his entire school career. Um, <laughs> What about the old? What about the old classics, eh? Ooh. What about the old, the old Shakespeare? The old Shakespeare. You said you like Touchstone. I do like. Tell Touchstone. me more. Okay. Um, so I, I think it was. Actually, I think I saw you in As You oh Like God. It. I think it was the first oh thing I no! ever saw. Genuinely. That was the first thing I saw at university was that performance of As You Like It. And I'd never read it before. Oh and I was so confused. I remember leaving being like, I have no idea what that was about. But oh I enjoyed God. it. It was good. It was entertaining. How awful. I remember you in like a wrestling outfit. Oh, gosh, yeah. yes. That's, yeah. that's one that of was, them. That was in my freshers week. That was... Um... Oh, God, I'm so sorry. How awful. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really... It was really... Yeah, it was... Um, it was fab. And no, you wouldn't have gone away knowing anything about the play I d- I from that production I did not no, follow not the, at all but again I think that was like <laughs> I, it is tricky because like obviously there's like Shakespeare gets a lot of bad mm. press and he is like there's very inaccessible ways of doing Shakespeare mm. and I think it's about and there's that question of like well, should we be doing it anyway yes yes um, but I think Shakespearean clowns for me are interesting for all of the kind of light and shade that they have again I think it's that kind of like and it's such like a cliche thing yeah. of like clowns crying and stuff yeah. like that but it it works and it kind of it's the way it, again it's the disarming of the audience of like you tell mm, a joke and then mm. you sort of drop them and you're like oh okay now I've, I've felt something that I didn't mm. expect to feel but I was laughing a second ago and it is it, it, yeah when you say funny play probably I would I would think that one of the first things that comes into people's minds is Oscar Wilde mm. and Certainly, for you know, just anecdotally, Oscar Wilde is is one of the few playwrights who I think I've read more than I've seen, and that I think I actually enjoy reading more than I enjoy seeing. Yeah. And I wondered, wondered what your thoughts were on really? that. I, 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 like, read that. I think I read one. I think we had one Oscar Wilde that was. That's quite Lady Winner is a fan. Yeah, yes, that yeah. Was, we had that set as a text in school. Um, I wasn't a fan just because it felt hey. Hey! hey. hey. <laughs> comedy, <Yeah>. comedy, comedy, comedy. <laughs> um, uh, because it, it just felt very dry and very yes. talky and very, you know, and it, it is designed for a certain audience and it is very of its time. Yes. And I think, I think it, there is a, 
an argument to be made of like we are giving this stuff that is old and has been done a million times over and I don't know maybe there's only so many times that yes. Doctor can get a word wrong and we'll still find it funny <laughs> um, but like but the, I think the most exciting funny stuff is the stuff that's new because it's a reflection of the people who are watching it and I think if people are looking to find funny plays they should you know look at their local new writing theatres and look at like community stuff as well um, like round our way there's like a, a theatre called The Unity that's like a small um, like studio theatre and they have like resident companies who mm. are all like based in Liverpool and stuff like that but that they're, they're making work for their local community and they know their audience I mean the um, the Everyman Theatre in Liverpool has used to have a rep company um, and those shows were so I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but they were so scouse. They were so, mm. like... <laughs> they were brilliant. They knew their audience, and they, they produced really high-quality, very funny theatre. With stuff like Oscar Wilde, I don't find it that interesting. Mm. Um, that's just me, personally. Mm. I kind of switch off a little bit. Mm. It is all very, like, comedy of manners and very sort of... Yeah, I, th- I don't think it's particularly accessible to everyone. I think mm. if that's kind of your first experience... And I think mm. with Shakespeare as well, like, if your first experience is, is watching a Shakespeare mm. comedy as a young person... Some people like obviously immediately love it. And if it's a brilliant production, then maybe you immediately love it. But it it might not. It might switch you off a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I th- I think certainly that was the case for me, where it was you know, from school, kind of. That was definitely the first thing that you were ever given, mm. and that for some people, as you say, it just that that was where you then stopped. And I think if I hadn't ended up kind of performing-y stuff, which was then like a, oh, hang on a second, the plays that we're performing are the same thing, theoretically, they're the same, like, world that these reading dry plays that I'm meant to be doing Mm. as part of my studies are. You're, you're kind of almost not told somehow. Yeah. It doesn't kind of go in that, like... Is, and those yeah. people don't read them. Loads of people don't have them on their shelves. Yeah. Um, like, I, find it, I do find it surprising that more people have, like, Shakespeare's on their shelves than they do have, like, contemporary plays. Yes. Um, and I think they're really exciting to read because yes. you don't have... Like, you, they're, they're so to the point, and that's why I like them. Was yeah. That, like, you didn't have to get through all of, like, what... I don't know what Jim is thinking. You just get to see, like, <laughs> this immediate situation of, like, this is the interaction that's happening right now, and it's really exciting and dramatic. Mm. And I think, yeah, more people should read plays because they're great. What about, <laughs> um, what about in terms of, yeah, if people... If people people are so inspired by hearing us, they want they want to read more plays. They want to see more plays. They want to go and see witty plays mm. everywhere. Um, are there any um, like online resources that you'd suggest? Um, quite often, schools and universities will have access to Drama Online Library, mm. uh, where you can read loads of plays for free. Um, the Royal Court Theatre has a um, playwrights podcast which is really good that's cool um, it's hosted by Simon Stevens and he like talks to a different playwright um, each each time and they're really interesting just like yeah that's that, are they those, funny they are, they are <laughs> funny um, especially because this uh, he gets like a really good range of people on so you're getting yeah. a, a sort of um, plethora of different styles yes. and stuff and I think on the the Bruntwood website which is like Bruntwood Prize is like this big uh, playwriting prize um, across the they have like a blog which is often like s- about different areas of playwriting I think there might be one about comedy on there um, because it's, it's often overlooked mm, um, yeah. and like when I'm reading scripts to write script reports that are like you know these are unsolicited submissions so just mm. anybody can and send them in um, humour is so 
exciting to see. Yeah. Like if someone can write a good joke, even if like yes. some other bits of the sort of craft are slightly yes. shoddy, I will kind of be like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's often seen as drama kind of almost in the in the serious or tragic yeah. mode and then there are elements of humor mm. you're very rarely going to assume that something is a comedy with elements yeah. of, yeah, of yeah, kind yeah. of tragedy or seriousness um i think it's happening more in stand-up as well and, and mm, yeah and just in story, i mean so i my favorite show of the fringe um was a show called baby reindeer that is yes Richard everyone was talking comedian. about it i really want to um, see it it's coming to the bush theater so if you're in london which i will not be sad times um <laughs> <laughs> she's not bitter it's fine um yeah the, he, he's a comedian but he's it's a very serious subject matter. yes um but with that knowledge that he has as a comedian obviously yes it's just yes. brilliantly brilliantly told but yes. also finds humour in these really sort of dark places. Yes. Um, Question. Okay. <laughs> you can commission your dream play. Okay. Has to be funny though. Who would write it? Who, what would the subject matter be? Any kind of particular things that you'd want to happen? So there's there's one that I want to write. I was going to say, you are allowed to write can it I yourself. Write it? Yes. Okay. Well, I was like, it could be anybody. I was like, Dream writer. I think that would be everybody. me. That would um, be me. Right? There's one that I just thought I wouldn't want to impose on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you write a play, please? Um, so there's, I've got like a short, so I'm going, uh, I have a short coming up in a showcase at the Lowry Theatre called Outstage Us. And it's like a showcase of queer new writing. And Fun, the short congrats. is, thank you, it's very exciting. <laughs> um, the short is a, a, um, is a comedy about, um, so you know, like in like September next year, they're like changing um, the rules surrounding sex and relationship education in schools. Yes, so like now thing, yes, it's, yes. Um, it will be compulsory to like teach about gender identity and sexual orientation. And that sounds really great, but like, is there a guarantee that like there's going to be the teacher training the provision to actually mm. carry that off especially in like more rural areas um and so i wrote this scene about these three teenage girls uh in a school in yorkshire who decide to campaign for lesbian sex ed in their school and i want to write a play that is <laughs> they're kind of like cause it's, it's like one tiny little scene where they have the idea and i'd love to see the entire thing yes um especially because i don't know i feel like there's a lot of gay comedies around, but um, especially with gay. I guess, that's going to sound <laughs> really. There's a lot, lot of, of gay comedies. There's a lot around. of gay comedies, but a lot of um, very male gay mm, comedy. And mm, I think especially like mm. if you look at like, and if you search like queer theatre, you get all these like posters for plays that are seem to just involve really attractive blokes with their tops off. Yeah. And it's just not what I'm here for, to be honest. I don't think I'm the target audience, and they're fine. But yeah. like, I want. I keep thinking I want to see something that is about gay women that's funny and kind of yes. and has that earnestness to it yes. I think quite often if you see like queer theatre it's like there's some kind of weird like undertone that it has to be kind of edgy yes. or there has to be some sort of trauma going yes. on and, and, and that, I think that's you know those, those stories are really valuable but I think as well sometimes you j I just love silliness and I just yes. love that kind of because I, I, do, I do find being a gay woman inherently funny it's just <laughs> like it, do, it doesn't work for me it's like of all the things that could have happened why why would this be a, a, a sort of it just like so, like, I've, I've, like, I've just I've made a mistake here, haven't I? No, I love it. This is a hole that I'm digging myself into. It's, just, it's inherently funny. I just think because it's, it doesn't, it's not, for me, in my, like, area, it's not especially good. It's just, like, it's, it's just a bit shit, but it's not, like, really shit. It's just a bit shit, which is kind of funny because, I'm, I'm not explaining this well at all. Um, so, so I, I always use the example of Tinder, where, like, I feel like there's there's like grinder for blokes, which has lots of problems. Yes, yes. Um, but a fairly you know 
like in terms of people actually meeting each other and it yes. can stop happening, you know. Yes. Um, whereas like if you are on Tinder as a gay woman in a small town in like the northwest, yes. it's like Pokemon Go is how it is. <laughs> so like rather than matching and talking, you match but nobody says anything, so it's kind of like a standoff. <laughs> so like you just have like a collection of women on this thing, like a Pokedex of women that you're never gonna speak to. And it suddenly becomes like a game where you're like, look how many women I've collected and not spoken to. <laughs> So I feel like if we can edit this so I sound less weird and like internally homophobic, that would be really great. Um, I just mean that like my experience of growing up as a queer woman in a small town yes. in like the northwest is that it just feels vaguely ridiculous. Um, and I'd love to write something yes. for the other people who felt yes. vaguely ridiculous. Vaguely ridiculous. Um, oh my god. Yeah. When especially I remember like being in school and my friends like. You know, having their first kiss, having their first boyfriend, mm. and, and doing loads of stuff. And I was there, like, having mm. not held hands with anyone mm. yet. And mm. I just remember being, like, a little bit pissed off about it. Like, not, like, rallying and angry. I was like, oh, God, when's my time going to come? Yes. Oh, I think there's that sort of... I, I, yeah, I, I love writing young characters and for young people, so I've gone completely off on a tangent. No, I love it. Um, but yeah, Maybe that it is that uh, just vaguely ridiculous <laughs> as a like tagline for just queer women <laughs> as a thing is just so good. Um... <laughs> Because it's that thing of, like, you're on Tinder, like, we both know why we've done this. Yes, but, but like, also we're both incredibly embarrassed. But, we can't, but maybe <laughs> she doesn't actually really fancy me, like, maybe she made a mistake. Also <laughs> just, like, the, the fear of the, of the first sentence, I guess. Yeah. There's, I, I, there's a lot more... I don't know, it feels like there's a lot more pressure to, to be immediately kind of witty and different yeah. and quirky and fun, but not in a try-hard way, yeah. uh, and be very specific. And I think it's because... Women are just better, and so they have yeah, higher standards. Little, exactly. And so they know that the other person has higher standards, and so it's like, oh damn, how am I? How am I going to do this? They're so perfect. Yeah. How can I this do is this? What we need to see on when stage. it's a bloke, you're just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, just, it's, 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 I think it is quite funny, and, and I think if you, you know, I find it, it, laughter is that like social thing, isn't it? It's like you, you feel represented, and that's what I love about Fringe as well, is that you yes. quite often are seeing those yes. stories that you, you haven't seen elsewhere yes. or read elsewhere. Can you think of any funny, let's say lesbian, okay. oh God. plays that you've read or seen? That fish scene in Anatomy of a Suicide is a funny lesbian scene. Yes. Um, it's great as well because she goes off on one about Prince. Like that, I, and I really relate to it because it's, it's, that's what, like, if I'm nervous or stressed or fancy someone, yes. I, I ramble. And about I, Prince, about, specifically. I, I had a first date the other day where I got really onto, um, so when I was a kid, I, I was really into taxidermy. And um, <laughs> it's not hot first date chat, you know? No. And I realised that sort of like 20 minutes into talking about the taxidermy. <laughs> Um, so not like doing it, like I, I, was, I didn't you do it myself. Along a mall with Can you, you imagine? So uh, this is my hobby. Um, Making you a gift. Yeah, no, I, I, and you will be next. So this goes well. Back to mine. Um, no, that's yeah. So I, that 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 scene, I just really yes. put on stage and put into words like a feeling that is yes. that vaguely ridiculous feeling of like yes. why are the words not why am I talking about Prince I just want to ask you for a drink but for some reason yes. I can't stop talking about Prince <laughs> um, 
So moral of the story, we need more we need more funny lesbians as a thing. We do on, but mean, also specifically on stage. Specific, so I that mean, we can all go and look at them. Exactly. <laughs> I think they, they obviously exist. It's that thing again of yeah. like it's it's there and it's out there yeah. and someone's writing it and, yeah. and, and they kind of um, yeah, just giving it the stage space and maybe that's maybe that's tear down Shakespeare and put yes. more, more lesbians not being more able lesbians. to talk to each other. <laughs> That's, I think that's going to that be the heading the, of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to die on. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Dreamy. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. Wow, we. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Witlit. Um, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your dates. Uh, follow it on social media. It's on Instagram at Whitlit Podcast or Twitter at Whitlit Pod. Send me a message on those. I'm really lonely. I'd love your recommendations of funny books or quotes or if you're interested in coming on as a guest. Um, each episode I'm going to do a book giveaway, so look out for that. Um, I'd really like to thank Billy for stopping by, uh, despite really not living in London. Um, do follow her online, see her plays, swipe right on her Tinder, uh, she's great. Um, I'd also like to thank the, the terrifyingly lovely uh, Hayden Jenkins uh, for letting me edit this podcast on his laptop because mine is so old it can't cope with GarageBand. And thank you for listening. Um, invite me to the theatre sometime and uh, see you soon.